2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the score North studios TCL America's fastest growing TV brand
3: it's Mackie and Judd with Rami It's about that time of the process that everybody I think is uh ready to just get this going um you know Thursday Friday and Saturday probably can't get here quick enough uh, as we go through this process. Angst, everybody has angst. My, my wife, uh, uh, I'll, I'll leave that at home. <laughs> she said, if I draft another corner, though, we might don't come home because you can just stay at the office. Although there's some pretty good corners we like in the first round. <laughs>
4: There's comedian Rick Spielman. He also happens to be the GM of your Minnesota Vikings. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Coming up, 6 o'clock, it's the Purple Daily live draft special here on Score North, also scorenorth.com. Get us on the mobile app, and we'll be streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch when we kick off our draft coverage at 6. Well, I guess it's a continuation of our draft coverage at 6, because we've been wall-to-wall draft so far here on uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami and all afternoon on Score North and that continues now with NFL Draft Guru of NFL.com Chad Reuter joining us now How are you this afternoon, Chad?
3: Oh, great uh, Waiting for the rain to come in Nashville It's going to rain out there? Uh, yeah and the, the wind just kind of freshened up a little bit and yeah,
0: It's going to rain tears of John Gruden and Mike Mayock when <laughs> Kyler Murray goes number one is what's going to happen
3: and well, the- <laughs> I tell you what, they're, it's looking less and less like Kyler Murray's going number one. If, if, like to, uh, if you like to, if you, so so, um, Arizona Cardinals uh, social media or their Twitter account put out a, a little poll that, uh, that that says that the mock drafts are a bunch of talk. And then they had, uh, you know, they were doing the Damian Lillard uh, bye-bye thing to, uh, to all those mock drafts. So we'll Ooh. see. But if that's the case, then you're looking at, um, Nick Bosa or Quinn and Williams at number one or John Gruden gets his guy at number one Ooh. and they move up to go get him so it's, you know, for once the number one pick is not set and uh, it's going to be really interesting here in the next couple
0: hours to see what happens. You know, I feel like I feel like this song was made for Chad. Like, we've had this song in rotation for four years on this show we've got to play it because we're, we're already into it's this like we're,
2: it's I like, want to Mock! Mock! <laughs>
4: It's like when a writer writes a movie part and they're like, I didn't know it when I wrote it, but I discovered (laughs) one day I wrote it for this actor. That song was written for Chad Ryder and we didn't even know it.
3: You know what, I... I'm kind of jealous of deep Snyder's hair at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, it's me and me and Jason Wilde pretty much have the same hairline now. So, so uh, and, anyway, so yeah, no, that's a that's a great tune. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I do these mock drafts, and people, you know, people rip on you or whatever. But the thing is, is it's fun to put the puzzle pieces together, and it's fun to think about different scenarios that maybe other people aren't writing about. Um, you know, trading up for a quarterback. I've had Oakland trading up for a quarterback for a while, and, you know, Raider fans do not really appreciate that, but I think it's in the cards. It looks like that, so to speak. Yep. And, uh, you know, so I think it's, it's a real possibility tonight, so it's just fun to think about the, the possibilities.
1: Give me your assessment, uh, Chad, right now on this QB class, and ultimately, by the end of tonight, how many quarterbacks do you think will have gone in the opening round? Well, I think
3: I've had four going for some time. It's going to be interesting to see what the Giants do, um, because if they're not, if they're really not going to pick a quarterback, Dave Gettleman came on our air and said they're looking for two starters in this, and that doesn't include a quarterback, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think the four will go. I think Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, uh, Carla Murray, and Daniel Jones, they'll all go. And the question is, are the Giants, you know, trolling us by saying, hey, we're going to take starters with these first two picks. But you know what? We may trade up into the late first round to get a guy that we like, like a Ryan Finley or something like that. You know, who knows? Who knows? But I'm, uh, for now, I'll say the four. And, um, you know, we'll see where, where their landing spots are.
0: Uh, Chad Royde from uh, NFL.com here. And you can go, go to NFL.com or just, or just do a Google search. And you can find his seven-round NFL mock draft. And what, what,
4: what version is that, Chad? Is it 2.0, 3.0? How many do you do before the draft actually well, goes around?
3: I do, yeah, I mean, I do a four, I do a, what did I do this year? I did a three-round and then a four-round and then a seven-round. Um, so, and, and I wrote it, like, last week. So, it's not about, like, all of these last-minute things that are going to totally make it obsolete, you know, like the fix in the first round. It's really more about how does the draft as a whole play out. Uh, and, you know, what are some things? So that's really what it's about. You know, it's just, it's just entertainment,
0: you know. So I I ask this question, like, absolutely not in a, uh, no pun intended, mocking tone. Because once you get to the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds, you're, I mean, you're taking a collection of potentially 100 or 200 players that could be drafted, and you're trying to pinpoint needs and stuff. But, like, in your, in your history doing these extended six- and seven-round mocks, have you nailed... Players to teams in like the seventh round. I mean, what are you? What like? What's the most proud mocking accomplishment in the late rounds that you can think of?
3: <laughs> you know, I I tend to hit um, four or five picks. Um, I'm standing outside, so you're going to hear some ambient noise. I'm sorry. I like um, it. Yeah, it's uh, You get the feel of it yeah, exactly. Um, I'll hit four or five picks with teams in the later rounds, but they won't necessarily be in the same round. Right. Um, You know, and so just because, as you said, really the value of the players from the end of the 5th through the 7th is pretty much the same. So you just a team might like a guy a little bit more than, you know, you think. So so if I can hit a a handful of guys with their teams later in the draft, that's fine. Uh, But, you know, I I try to make it so that guys are generally in the area in which they get picked and um, just to see how it could build itself not just from the first couple of nights, but through the whole thing.
4: Talking with Chad Ryder of NFL.com dot com here on Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. So let's let's get to it. Who do you have the Vikings taking in round one at number eighteen? And tell us about the guy who you have taking round one at number eighteen.
3: Well, I want the Spielmans to stay together, so I'm not going to put a corner there. <laughs> but I think I think um, offensive line is the way to go, whether it's. Um, well, Jonah Williams probably won't fall that far from Alabama at this point. Sounds like some teams are more interested in him. But Chris Lynchham from Boston College is a heck of a player. He'd be a, he'd be a great pick for them. Um, Garrett Bradbury from NC State, another really good player that could play guard or center for them, depending on what they want to do with the guys they have. So there's a lot of opportunities there for them to improve the offensive line. So I, I think that's the direction they should
1: go. If they don't go with that spot, uh, Chad, what's your thought about the next most likely thing that the Vikings might do? You know, that's a great question.
3: I, I guess, you know, I, you guys may know this better than me. Uh, if you're, if there's a pass rusher there, you know, maybe. Um, I, the interesting thing is like a safety, I think it's early for safeties. Um, so in the second round, third round, you probably get better value there. Um, but really, like, you can always use more, especially with the retirement recently. Um, you know, you, you find a guy like that. But at that point, there may not be, you know, one of those guys there. So really, thinking about their other opportunities, I, I really think, like, the best value they're going to get at the spot where they're at is um, on the offensive line. To me, that screams, like, possibilities for trade dollars. Yeah, um, because you, you can get value there a little bit later. So you're just praying somebody wants to get ahead of the Steelers for a cornerback or, you know, ahead of the Titans for somebody. You know, that's that's really what it kind of screams to me, um, you know, potentially for the Vikings.
0: Uh, what, what's the likelihood that Jonah Williams is still sitting there at 18?
3: Um, I've marked him there before, and I have a feeling teams are not going to be as, just uh, harsh on him as, as some of the fans are in terms of his average length and some of the other stuff. I think he's a fantastic player, um, so I think he'll go early. If he falls to that, they'll they'll get a steal because you could play him at either tackle spot. You can play him at guard. You could really, you can use him all over the line. So um, I think it's probably not a super high probability, but it's all about the quarterback. If teams are moving up to get quarterbacks, some of these other guys are going to fall down the boards a little bit. If Montez Sweat, the heart condition, isn't an issue, he's going to go in the top ten. Then you've got, uh, you know, other, like Andre Dillard, for example, the left tackle from Washington State. Carolina, some of these other teams, Houston may go over the Vikings to try to get him. So as these other things kind of happen, it, it, it turns out that a pretty good player may end up available for them.
4: Chad, uh, you said it's raining out there, and the draft is held outdoors, right? That's the plan, at least.
3: Yeah, it's on. It's in a stage, which you could probably hear music playing right now, um, and it, it's it, there's a little bit of cover on the stage. But if that rain is blowing in, it won't really help them too much. Right yeah. now, it is not rain. It is not raining right now, but it's looking kind of ominous. We're right on We're kind of in a sweet spot between two different storm systems right now. So hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll hold off. Uh, for the
4: most part tonight. I've started a movement since I got here to Minnesota since Target Field doesn't have a retractable roof oh, on here it. We and go. you know I oh, came from God. Milwaukee. Right. It's, hashtag, yeah. it's yeah. hashtag put a roof on it. So if you tweet anything from Nashville tonight about the rain, feel free to use the hashtag put a roof on it. It's a movement, Chad. It's a movement, and I'm just trying to recruit people.
3: Uh, okay yeah that's yeah i probably won't but you know thanks for inviting me to be yeah. part of the movement chad's busy <laughs> really right now
1: yeah, with great. important stuff like all the right. draft all not right. your uh, fair enough put a roof on yeah fair enough
4: mean. you got better things going on chad i appreciate the time man i know it's a busy <laughs> day for you thanks for coming on with
1: us today
3: yeah you bet thanks for having me on guys.
1: anytime all right man. he's like chad I'm, Ryder. he's like i'm gonna screen that call from now on <laughs> <laughs> what's this That guy doing and but, also, I I heard a report today that if it does rain, they actually have a contingency plan down the street of like an orchestra hall or something that they can go into it and do the draft.
0: So, or they postpone it and do a double fine. header of uh, day one and two tomorrow. <laughs> they call it a day night draft double header. All right, day one is in the day morning one, now, yep. and day day two We're using an two, three, opener and four.
1: for this draft because we don't have sufficient. Yeah,
0: remind me before they. I mean, it's it's genius for them to stretch this content over three days and do two primetime nights and right and you pause it and speculate it's a lot yeah it was
1: all in one day like 15 years ago a long time ago yeah it used to all be on a saturday and then they broke it up to saturday sunday until what was that now eight nine years ago yeah but they went to the three days and moved it to thursday friday primetime and now i think this might be the first or second year that the primetime is split among espn nfl network and abc right Yes, and there's like a different it's the
0: most networks that they've had, and then
1: yeah. and then the ABC one is for like the non huge football fan. So oh, really? So not the tape grinder. So they're gonna try and tell stories about these guys. Okay, but ESPN's for the tape grinders. I, it's confusing. Which one should we watch tonight? But you know what? It, it'll do. It'll probably beat every NBA playoff game, and for sure, my league. Oh, for sure. Their playoff round games,
0: two will we'll probably beat NBA playoff yeah, games. Yeah, we'll tomorrow, blow right? it. Well,
1: football. completely. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it. We. Uh, We have uh, plenty more to come here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And also don't forget purple daily live draft special starting at six o'clock. We'll take you all throughout the Vikings pick and we'll open up phone lines at six, five, one, six, four, six, eight, two, five, five. Not only live on AM 1500 and our live uh, audio stream on the mobile app, but we're going to be streaming live video all throughout the night on uh, all kinds of social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. It's Touch them All! The thing I keep hearing about Miguel Sano is he gets it when it comes to conditioning and nutrition. Do you
4: believe that he gets it, there It would be great for the twins if that's the case, but I think you're kind of just rooting for that look. It's possible that Sano has sort of had a light bulb moment, but we just can't know for certain until months later, maybe years later, in fact. I'm just a little bit skeptical right now after the number of times I've heard that. Not touch
2: em all! Touch em all. Here. Score North. ScoreNorth.com
4: Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 on NFL Draft Day. We'll wrap with Royce coming up at 540. Just talked with Chad Ryder of NFL.com. Coming up at 6 is the Purple Daily Live Draft special on Score North, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and streaming live on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. That's all at SKOR North. Matthew Collar will be in here for the fun coming up at 6 o'clock. Today, uh, a piece at The Athletic by Arif Hassan and you guys know the details of what's transpired be before Rick Spielman in terms of the draft and what's transpired since Rick Spielman uh, in terms of the draft. I didn't necessarily have a complete picture of it, or at least not as complete a picture as as Arif paints in in this article here, where he goes through the some of the drafts leading up to the Rick Spielman era and then what Rick has achieved in his time since taking over yeah. as GM. And what dawned on me is, and I don't know if that's where you want to set the bar, but compared to past GMs of the Minnesota Vikings, Rick Spielman has done a damn good job. And I just wonder, and you guys can get in on this at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Is Rick Spielman actually underrated? Because I get the sense that a lot of folks around Minnesota and Vikings fans don't necessarily think that highly of Rick Spielman and the job that he does as GM. Not that they think he's terrible, but if anything, the jury is out with most Vikings fans in terms of what they still think about Rick Spielman. When really, you look at his draft resume, he's done some
0: good work since getting promoted to that job. It is harder to build the 52 guy uh, minus the starting quarterback, the 52-man roster minus the starting quarterback, than it is... To find an Aaron Rodgers in your lap in the 20s and then just have him carry the whole thing. Like you start the season with Aaron Rodgers or with Tom Brady, you start the season with seven wins. I've always said that. Go look at those Drew Brees Saints teams that had historically bad defenses for three or four years, but because they had Drew Brees, they were seven and nine. Three years in a row or two years, they were seven and nine with the worst defense in the NFL because they had Drew Brees. If you don't have Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, And if you're the Vikings and and I you know, there's some self-infliction here with drafting Christian Ponder and Tavares Jackson, so we'll unpack that stuff. But when you don't have that star top five Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, and now you have to get division championships the other way around, you know, finding the Stefan Diggs in the late rounds and finding Adam Thielen undrafted, and there's some luck that goes into some of that stuff too. But I give Rick Spielman praise for being able to build the hard part of the roster. The criticism is he hasn't found and there's been some injuries in there with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he he hasn't found the franchise quarterback, but I I think it's harder to get the other 52 than it is to get in terms of like your skill as a GM than it is to get the one because the one might be lucky. I get that
4: critique of not being able to find the quarterback, but I talked last week or actually it might have been earlier this week when we were talking twins in the bullpen. And I said, I know how bad it looks and how bad it feels to Twins fans when you see that bullpen run out there and and cost you a game like they've done three or four times this season. But we get trapped in a bubble, and it feels and seems a lot worse than it actually is. And I think that GMs across the NFL – are also victims of that. Because, again, we get trapped in the bubble and we see Tom Brady doing what he's doing and Aaron Rodgers doing what he's doing and Pat Mahomes doing what he's doing and you go, why can't our guy find that? When, if you think about it, if you step back for a second and put some perspective on it, there's three or four of those guys in the whole league. There's like 28 GMs who can't find a quarterback. You know what I mean? Rick Spielman is more the norm than the guys who actually do have that guy fall in their lap and I think that sometimes people get so caught up on the draft picks that a GM misses and get hung up on that that they forget how many times a guy hits and when you look at his hit rate in the first round Xavier Rhodes, Teddy Bridgewater, Sharif Floyd, Stefan uh uh jeez i just uh, lost Stefan Diggs uh bar he has a lot of good first round picks oh, and then you, yeah, Anthony Bar. Okay. No, Diggs was a late second round or, uh first yes round.
0: No, like fifth round.
4: I think it was a late round sixth. pick. I was, he's in the list of guys who are mid and late round picks for yep, uh right, for Rick Spielman, including Daniil Hunter, Stefan Diggs, Stephen Weatherly, J. Ron Curse. I mean, the guy hits probably at a higher rate than most GMs do when you talk about the draft. Most draft picks are misses especially in the first round for the expectations
1: that fans put on them so this is a bit of a confusing past here and and Reeve's piece is nice it's a little bit off uh from 2000, 2000 to 2005 this thing was a dumpster fire because green when De, when Denny had control now the problem here was no GM for a long time okay? So from 2000 uh from when it became sort of the end of De- of Denny's time through 2005 it was a dumpster fire. You had to this day we don't know who drafted Troy well Williamson, excuse me. We don't know to this day we still are, we're still unclear. There have been people who blame. blamed It's like Nishioka, West, like, who scouted Nishioka? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, witness protection Troy program. Wilson, that pick, that pick, guys, has been blamed on Wes Chandler, who was the wide receivers coach. Like, that's how convoluted that pick was.
0: No one's stepping up to, to wear that one, right? <laughs> so, Childress,
1: so Childress comes in, and, and this was not made clear until well after the fact. In fact, I think it was around the time that Brad got fired. Childress was given uh, de facto GM powers, so he had control of the fifty-three man roster. Yeah, the first personnel guy for him was a guy named Fran Foley, who turned out to well, let's just say, lied a little bit on his resume. <laughs> and after two thousand six, he was fired. Rick was brought in, and Rick's done a nice job. But look at the drafts in two thousand, starting in two thousand seven through two thousand ten. Um, the way that Rick works, the two thousand eight and nine drafts don't happen like that. It's five picks in each, which is way too few. Are you saying he had so less I'm, so, influence? So I'm saying I'm saying he had influence on who they picked, but not nearly as much influence on actual execution of picks.
0: Because I I made a list, and maybe maybe this list is it's hard to parse apart. Like you're saying, who deserves credit for what? I just made a list in the Rick Spielman era from 2007 until now, third round pick and later. And a couple of the undrafted guys, I'm sure there's more undrafted guys that have been contributors that I've but like Sheryls and Thielen came to mind. And like this and I don't know how this compares to other GMs or other front offices, but I know that Rick Spielman has been very influential mm-hmm. in the draft room, even before he was GM. And the list of third round or later contributors is Thielen, Diggs, Sheryls, Elfline, Daniil Hunter, Jarek McKinnon, Jarius Wright, Rhett Allison, John Sullivan. Blair Walsh we make fun of, but that dude went 10 for 10 from 50 yards in the first year. He's great so as it. a rookie, yeah. Uh, Brandon Fusco, Everson Griffin, Jasper Brinkley, Jamarcus Sanford, LaTroy Guyon, Brian Robinson, And those are like hidden gem crapshoot spots in the
1: draft. And he, and he helped on, on those. Up. But, but two, so 2012, he got power. So 2012 and, and 13 are basically his. Now, now, where you need to start to spread the credit a lot is starting in 2014 because Zimmer basically identified defensive players, and, and I'm not saying that Rick didn't play a big role, but this is a this this definitely in in 14, especially drafting defensive players, and this is a good thing. Became a process under which Rick scouted, and I think basically went to Mike and said, "This guy can do this," blah blah blah, and Mike said, "I want Barr." Shamar Steffen should be on that list too, by the sure. way. Sure, yeah. So I so it's so I don't blame him I, I don't blame him for what's gone wrong all the time and I don't give him complete credit but to me during Rick's tenures the era of what can be attributed to him definitely has changed from from Brad telling him this is what I want you to do now tell me who who the players are to the time where Rick uh, took the job with less still here. And then, starting in 2014, when Mike clearly started to play a very significant role in telling Rick what he what he sought, especially in defensive players. Yeah, if you, if you were for the players who
4: the jury isn't still out, I don't think that you can necessarily grade a GM on players from the last two or maybe even three drafts until you really see how it shakes out. But of the guys who we know are either Either were lived lived up to expectations, or on some level were busts. Mm -hmm. How would you grade Rick Spielman as a GM?
0: this is this is is a very tough question. This is where I'd love, like the list I just gave you guys. I'd love to have thirty-one other lists. Right? Is it there are 13. There's about twenty impact players. I mean, is do other GMs have thirty-five? Here's my question,
1: Phil. What if the starting point? for the grade was uh, either by bad luck or bad picks, he has never found a quarterback and really not come close with, with Teddy. He did, but his leg uh, got busted. So where would you start with the grade? Considering what, if you own the team, you consider to be the most important position probably in all the pro sports. Yeah. Still has not been addressed. Okay. I, well, it's been a, well, it's been a well, No, but, but it's not been, it's not been taken care of. How about that?
0: I would, I would look at it this way. All right. I, we get caught. Looking at, it's it's easy to sit here and, like, we're married to Rick Spielman in this town, right? So we're going to, it's easy to, we see his flaws more than we would see other GM's flaws. At any given time, there are 15 world-class quarterbacks that can compete at a super high level on an NFL stage. Maybe 20, right? It depends on what you think about the Andy Daltons, but there's always... There's always 10 to 15 teams looking for a franchise quarterback. It's just really, really hard. You have to get lucky. You have to get really bad sometimes and draft number one overall or sign a guy in free agency. I mean, it's not like other sports where LeBron James becomes a free agent and he's for sure signing somewhere else. Like Aaron Rodgers had every reason in the world to become a free agent and not sign a new contract with the Packers. If it was the NBA, there's zero chance he goes back to a franchise, though. Well, what in and what do you mean? In Green Bay. Okay like but, they they
1: would have just kept him.
0: Right. But like that for kind of plays into my point in which you don't get free agent star quarterbacks that just become available. Like Kirk Cousins is the best type of quarterback that becomes available and is going to leave his team. So your only avenue really realistically to get one of those franchise quarterbacks is to draft one in the first round and <laughs> and the and the results are I would say o for 1 1 for 2 because we don't know about Bridgewater or o for 1 and then an incomplete on Bridgewater. So if we if we say let's back off the criticism a little bit when it comes to finding that quarterback, because it's really, really hard and you have to get lucky in some ways. And we just grade him on building rosters and and remaining a GM for for the better part of a decade on an NFL team. He's probably one of the 10 best GMs of the last 15 years in the NFL. He probably is. The Vikings are winning divisions without a franchise quarterback, and it's really right, hard to a find a franchise but that's quarterback. a strike too. It's not as much of a strike. I don't give it as much of a strike as you probably do.
1: I think I give him. I think I give him a B minus. Uh, but I started in the Zimmer years because to me that's the fairest thing. And, and I will say this: and for their sake, if Kubiak can change it, fantastic. But I don't think I think he's very good at going out and identifying um potential talent but I don't know that if he's great at, at identifying by himself the talent that's going to fit the system, which is why Zimmer has been huge, because he, he tells him, hey, this guy fits perfectly. And you identified him at, as a prospect, and there's probably 20 guys per draft or more, right, that Mike says they don't. So if Kubiak now can come in and sort of fill that role offensively, because I this doesn't operate as one person, so it's not fair to be like, well, Rick just screwed up, Rick. You need people that can tell you, okay, you've gone out and scouted, you've given me the the scouting reports, and I'm going to hand you back a list of, take your pick, 15 names of guys who fit exactly what we do. And offensively, the Vikings in the past six to eight years have not found that. If you can find that with Kubiak, it changes the dynamic completely, I think. I won't say not
4: finding the quarterback isn't a strike against Rick Spielman. I don't think it's as as grave a mistake or an error by Rick Spielman As I think some might, because it's just so hard to do again, 28 GMs around the league probably don't have the exact quarterback that they want and haven't found that franchise guy who, like Phil said, single handedly carries you to at least seven wins in a season. Yeah, it's just hard
0: to do, man. It's Not. really, really hard to do. It was. I love the question though, and, and you know, and the the draft is really where you build your team. You don't you 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 supplement with free agents, and you build in the draft. And so the Vikings have another chance to continue to do that tonight. In about an hour and a half, the first pick will come off the board. You're going to hear coverage late into the night, starting at about at, uh, 23 minutes or so. Purple Daily Live Draft Special, right here on Score North. Streaming on all of our audio and social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and also Twitch. So stick with us. We'll get Matthew Collar in here in about 20. But we're going to wrap with Royce when we come back to the TCL Studios. One of my favorite things about Luther Brookdale Toyota and Toyotas in general. uh, The service department at Luther is wonderful about upkeep and like I'm not a huge car guy, so I don't, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing under the hood of a car or when a when a light comes on. I need I need someone to have my back. And Luther Brookdale Toyota plays that role very very well. And uh, in addition to that, we're talking about some of the most durable vehicles in the world. There's a reason why 80% of Toyota's that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. So when I go to lutherbrookdaletoyota.com and pull up the pre-owned inventory section and I see cars like for instance, Uh, Let me see here. Let me go through. There are like 2009 and 2010 model Toyotas that have, you know, uh, 50,000, 100,000 miles on them in some cases. And you might think, oh, that's man, like here's a 2011 Camry. Uh, with 114,000 miles. You might think, that's a lot of miles. I don't know if I want to touch that. You can double that with Toyotas. Only 89.95, for instance, for this particular 2011 model. I drove one up to about 285,000 miles one time, a 92 Camry. They run like new if you've got the right people. Luther Brookdale,
1: Toyota 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios, time to uh, wrap with Roycey as we do every day at this time. All right, are you all set to sit down and consume hours of NFL draft coverage, Patrick Roycey.
2: I was just telling Jonathan what I do is flip over about every 45 minutes and look at the crawl. All right. Okay, that's fair. See who got picked recently, and uh, then I'll, uh, you know I I don't need the uh, fifteen minutes of foreplay before. And then when you get a lot of foreplay right there. Then then when you get then when you get near like sixteen or seventeen, then I'll watch it to see what they're saying about the Vikings. Uh, but uh, you know that's all all I need to do is to uh, see who got taken. So there is some drama here this year. I'll say that uh, I I don't. It's certainly sounding like Arizona's not gonna take Kyler Murray, doesn't it? But uh, a lot a lot of the uh, although the Vegas last I saw Vegas it was still like uh uh if you wanted to bet Kyler Murray it was a minus four hundred that uh, you you had to uh, you had to put up four hundred to make a hundred on Arizona taking him. But uh, boy there's sure a lot of stuff going on today thinking they're gonna take either uh Bosa or the
0: other, that Quentin, whatever his name is. Hey, Roy, Pat, my theory on this, probably going back a month or two, was, and maybe it's coming to fruition here, if if the if the Cardinals can dupe the rest of the NFL and get a John Gruden-Mike Mayock to trade up because everyone thinks they're taking Kyler Murray, to the extent that they get Josh Rosen to delete all of his Cardinals stuff from his Instagram page, Create a public feud if they can come away with like an extra first round pick and a third and move back because they scared everyone into thinking that Josh Rosen wasn't their guy, I would uh, I would love that.
2: <laughs> uh, I think Josh Rosen's probably a better quarterback than Kyler Murray, too. I I think the guy's gonna be a bust. I think he's Robert Griffin. Uh he can he can run around. He's a little tiny guy, he should play baseball. I I don't know. I, I just don't I I think we've uh the Kaepernick uh, Griffin uh, showed us that the running quarterback, I know he's got a cannon and all that stuff, but I, I just don't see him as, I, I wouldn't touch him uh, until maybe 13, 14, or 15. I, I think there's too many other good players. That, that would be my theory. Anyway. But quarterback, I'd rather have the Ohio State kid myself. So big, strong, big, strong buck with a big, strong arm. I, I, I'd rather have that kind of quarterback than this guy.
4: The comparison I keep hearing is is Russell Wilson for Kyler Murray. You you, you don't see that, I take it then, Pet.
2: Uh, well, there's been one Russell. There's been what two of these guys, Bruce and Russell Wilson, in the last twenty years, fifteen years. So I, I don't I don't know. I think he's okay, but what the hell? Five games to go in the regular season. He was he was going to go play baseball because nobody was that interested in him, and then he had a pretty good finish. But uh, I, I don't know. I i think uh I think this quarterback class stinks frankly, and uh i would I would avoid them there's too many there's too many difference making football players to uh take a risk on a quarterback in my opinion. I would take Hoskins, but I don't know how high maybe seven or eight something like that
1: how about th- how about those twins last night pat huh
2: well uh you know that uh people uh People very upset that the Twins didn't have a better starting pitcher available. And as I said, yeah, boy, if the Bullads weren't too cheap, they could have beaten that Mutt Verlander one to nothing, right, <laughs> last night. So you yeah, know that's uh, uh, they, what what is that, Twenty times he's beaten them. He's uh, twenty. Is it up to you know, twenty now? Progressive. Yeah. 20 probably. And nine. Detroit, yeah. Twenty and nine. I guess. Whew. I did. So we had a chart today in the starts reveal. You know who's beating them more than anybody? Who? Who's that? Uh, you you got this one, Max who's beating them more than anybody. Mark Burley beat them 30 times.
0: Oh, okay, I was going <laughs> there's got to be a divisional pitcher, so there it is, 30 Yeah, yeah right. Holy crap.
2: Well, and you know what? The, the, the thing is, it's, it's almost since they went to the lopsided schedule, because, you know, even when you had the East and the West uh, for all those years until they went to three divisions, and then early in the early in the three divisions, you had the balanced schedule, so it's, it's almost like the last, what, uh, all uh, the last twenty years is when they they're playing these teams nineteen times a year. Before that, you if, well, although when it was a ten team league, you played everybody eighteen times. So, but yeah, they 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 face the guys in the division more now than they used to. But hey, uh, you know what they should have done? They should have called up the Orioles and said, "Hey, uh, it's going to rain all weekend. We want to play today. <laughs> Come on, get out of play.
1: Are we Come supposed to anymore? be We're snow snow on Saturday? Did I see it's that flush. right? What is going on here?
2: be a little snow and slight. Well, it's going to be cold again tomorrow. It's going to be like fifty. It's going to be forty-five when they throw the first pitch again. That today's the greatest day in the history of band and They're not playing again. How big is the NFL draft, by the way? There's five big league games today. They're afraid to compete with it. They don't have big now. We the the, the first day of the NFL draft is so big they don't even play baseball games anymore. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's it's like competing with. Competing on Super Bowl Sunday—it's incredible how, how what a marketing uh, scam this thing is for the NFL.
4: When did it start so, to become this this behemoth? Guys,
2: pack? I, I, oh, uh, yeah, what twenty years now? But it's never been bigger than this. But at least you guys didn't overplay it today. You barely talked about it.
0: Today. That's true. Yeah, well, we, uh, we won't uh, we
2: overplay it
1: tonight. So we'd never go overboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna I end the show for, and just. go.
2: I listened forward. to for about an hour today. Uh, you know, we, we could have had a terrorist attack and you guys wouldn't have mentioned it. So, uh, <laughs>
1: A terrorist attack? <laughs> On draft day? <laughs> they got more On respect for day. us than that.
2: <laughs> Where is this one? This is in Nashville, right? Yeah, Nashville. There. One
0: of the great oh. American
1: cities. Absolutely. That's oh, a, my yes. gosh. Great place for it.
2: And it's at a uh, symphony hall. so a great big symphony hall, but it's right off Broadway, I think. So, uh, yeah, it wouldn't be... Uh, you know, I, the old-time sports writers uh, who... Uh, used to cover events but maybe have a few tatties could cover this one from Tootsie's right the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Country Western Bar right there on the corner of Broadway right across the street yeah. the, uh, Nashville Stadium I mean, Nashville State
0: what's the... oh go ahead go ahead Pat yeah
2: no go ahead I Stay was guys, you, what's the what's the
0: bar that? is it honky it's like honky tonk uh, central I think Or the act it's uh, a three, three. Uh, two. what is it yeah
2: no uh, the one is it Tootsie? What? What's the name of the place? Uh, well, the one I'm right thinking track. of
0: has three different levels, all with their own oh, bar yeah. and all with live music. Like, so it's just imagine your favorite bar, but just stacked three times mm-hmm. on top of each other with live. Yeah, music. I was. Uh, yeah.
2: I, remember, I uh, the, uh, the bride and I stopped there for a day and a half when we were driving down to Fort Myers a few years ago, and it was uh, it was fantastic. I'll tell you that. It's. Uh, I, I wish I had been there when I used to actually uh, party once in a while. It would have been fantastic. But, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a town. Anyway, Judd, what do you think of the field you've come up with for your final eight in the NHL playoffs here?
1: I think it's fantastic. This has been great
2: fun. It's completely yeah, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. It's fun. Here's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem. Now all the teams are gone. You have all these wonderful first-round upsets, yeah. And now you got a bunch of teams you don't give a damn about. Oh, I care about Colorado. You know, it's like this is like the NCAA basketball tournament. Everybody gets real happy when they get those upsets in the first round, and then all of a sudden you get to the regional and say, "What the hell is this team doing?" About? You know, I don't know this, about that, this Pat. Is the worst playoff I've ever seen. I gotta got to disagree. You don't have one, three, yeah. Uh, you don't have one. Three, four, seven, eight,
1: nine, ten. Uh, yeah, but you got some fun teams, Pat. You got some fun teams oh, left to really good. Do you
2: good. give a damn about the Columbus Jets or whatever the hell it's they're It's the Blue game. Jackets. <laughs> the, Jet, the,
1: the Winnipeg Jets are Who out. Who
2: gives a damn? The, Cl- the Carolina Hurricanes. Do you care the about Dallas-St. Louis is, is going to be... Rather or would you rather see Obie doing the hand kickstand? I wanted Washington. Then you got somebody from Carolina. I this wanted Washington to win. Yeah. I've
1: seen. No, I this don't. No, no, joke. no, no. We it's gotta get. Joke. I gotta get with you and watch the Western Conference games. You're gonna love it. This Nathan McKinnon of Colorado is a fantastic player. This series, these series are gonna be fun.
2: These, uh, you know, what you accomplish during the regular season should mean something. It should mean something. Well, they could. Yeah, they could change that. It means nothing. It Not nothing.
1: Well, and that's why it you should know, be shorter. There was,
2: there, was, there was no chance when Carolina and Washington went overtime last night. Or by the way, that's Washington's fault. They blew a 2-0 lead right off the bat. But, Correct. Uh, when they went overtime, you knew the way these playoffs were going. This collection of nobodies that we don't give a damn about was going to win, and we wouldn't get to see Obi.
1: Nino Niederreiter is advancing, Pat. Aren't you excited by that?
2: Oh, I'm kind of fun, but at least at least Patton made a good trade. He got a good a good asset for him. What's that guy's oh, name again?
1: Victor Rask. It's bad trade. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's one of the guys you hate, right? You know what? I'll come to your <laughs>
1: hu- I'll come to your house on Saturday. We'll sit down and
2: watch a I bunch would, of games. It'll be great. I wouldn't watch these playoffs. The, I'm rooting for the Islanders just because the league kid. Uh, who's from Edina, stayed, and instead of going off and playing junior hockey, he stayed and played football uh, at quarterback with Edina his senior year. pre agent. A Metro player of the, was a Metro Player of the Year. Some guy who stuck with his high school buddies and played another sport. I got to root for him because he might be the last hockey player in America to do that.
1: Anders Lee is going to be on the market. The Wild could try and sign him, and I'll tell you right now, I love that kid because he hangs him? out at Bunnies. How are they gonna get
2: him? <laughs> How are they gonna get him?
1: They got some cap they him don't now. Have any money. No, they, they don't got, have they any got money. some. They got some room now. They've freed up some room, but I just said he hangs at Bunnies.
2: Well, uh, that, that's the only way they could get a player here anymore is if he's got a wife who's hand-packing him to come home. I don't know, Anders. Is Anders? I don't, know. Uh, I don't know if he's married to a local girl. I, I don't,
1: don't know. No, I have no idea. I don't know if he's married. But
2: he, does, he drinks at Bunnies? But so he drinks at Bunnies. Away, they're going to have to take down the Tice sign and put up an Anders Lee sign, right?
1: I'll go pound it in right yeah, now. Right next to the Darren Mastriani sign. <laughs> Where's the Zolgad sign? Yeah. I'm there more than anybody.
0: Would you rather be oh, inducted no. into your high school hall of fame or have a sign outside Bunnies? <laughs> it's, not, it's not close. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not even close. I want the sign outside Bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> well it nice, they remember, intended, but they'll be for goodness
1: sake. So no, they don't. It's very hurtful. All right,
0: Pat, this is your last chance before the draft in an hour to uh, give us your give us any, any thoughts or wisdom or even a prediction. Randy in Cottage Grove, by the way, has the Vikings <laughs> drafting got? Devin Bush in the first round. They're going defense. He gave us all seven rounds uh-huh. earlier, Pat.
2: No, I did like the uh I like the Trey Wayne's uh idea that if you can uh, if you can uh you know get rid of Trey Wayne's and get another draft choice, uh, and uh you know, then you get then you can get whoever you want to in this draft, and you get another second rounder, and then you can draft two offensive linemen. I I like that idea. If you can get rid of Trey Waynes for a second rounder, which I don't think you can, you probably have to give up Xavier Rhodes for a second rounder. I don't know if you want to do that, but uh, I would uh, I would trade one of those two corner cornerbacks and try to get some uh, try to get some cap room here because they're they're broke. Uh, so you know, I, 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 if you get two second rounders, and uh, I wouldn't get rid of Rose, but if I could get rid of Trey Wayne's and make a decent trade, I'd do that. Right.
0: There it is, Patrick Roycey. All right, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll recap the
1: whole thing. <laughs> oh yes, hockey plans have be been about. fantastic. <laughs> we yeah. all agree.
0: All right, all right. see you. Pat. See ya. All right, we uh, wrap with Royce every day on the show here.
1: So there you have it. Any any final? I mean, we're going to. Albert Breer has a very interesting tidbit, SI.com right now, linking the Patriots uh, potentially to a veteran tight end. Keep an eye on Kyle Rudolph. He said specifically Kyle Rudolph. Yes. 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 Item number four of a basically ju- oh, oh. juicy rumors that I've heard. Wow. Wow. You saw that. Right I bro? did. While yep. we were
4: talking with Pat, I saw that come I across my
1: timeline. Said, courtesy of uh, one Matthew Collar, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if New England inquired on Rudolph over the next 48 hours. If they don't wind up taking a tight end high, and the Vikings do,
0: what kind of draft pick would you have to trade for Kyle Rudolph if you're the Patriots? Fourth round, third, third, third fourth, tops. I'd That's say fourth. Fourth is fair. When we come back, we're going to hang out. We're going to be around for the next few hours. A conversation between Matthew Collar and Sage Rosenfels to kick off our Purple Daily Live Draft Special right here on the all-new Score North. Stick around. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I'll talk to you later.
0: Bye.